It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> the Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Do try it. I do like the Dilmar peppermint tea myself. A bit of uh, bit of verse to a peppermint tea of an afternoon, of an evening. The old peppermint tea. That's my uh, tea of choice. Uh, joining us on the panel, uh, let's go one at a time. Let's go, James Regan from Newsab. G'day, James. Hello, mate. How are you? All good? Oh, look, I, I'm very well. Um, I need to know, first of all, we're going to talk some rugby league, and before I bring in Sam, I need to know, uh, are you absolutely unashamedly a one NRL team supporter? Absolutely. I, I think you, you have to be. Come on, really, if you're a proper if you're a proper fan. And I'm, uh, yeah, Kiwi through and through. I'll have to go to the Warriors on this one, absolutely. Righto. Sammy Ackerman, former News Hub guy, just, he's been a good bloke for a number of years. I think he still is. I th- I'm pretty sure Ackerman's still a good bloke. Sam, welcome in. I wouldn't put money on it. Steph, good morning, <laughs> mate. Good to speak to you and uh, nice to hear your voice again, Jimmy. Pleasantries amongst the crew. I like that. Um, Warriors as well. I said to um, Logan this morning, I'm pretty sure I always saw Sam Ackerman and Mercedes at, at the Warriors games, and I know Mercedes is a, is a big Warriors fan. Yourself, Sam? You know, I've, I've, James before was spoken like an absolute millennial who uh, who didn't uh, didn't experience rugby league prior to the Warriors. So yes. those of us who, who have a long enough memory have affiliations and associations uh, with other teams. So I grew up um, in the uh, Graham Lowe era, and I kind of have Graham Lowe and the Matthew Ridges and the Daryl Williams and the uh, Tony and Kevin Edos of this world to thank for falling in love with rugby league so I've got an affinity for Manly uh, but certainly uh, the Warriors uh, if, if, you're, if you could tell me I can watch one team for the season um, it would be the Warriors absolutely you mirror me you exactly mirror me Manly before the Warriors and then the Warriors came on and I've had an arm wrestle ever since um, we've had a big chat on breakfast this morning with the crew with uh, Kempi in particular just holding a gun to my head and saying tell me who your top eight is so we sort of need to know top eights but I guess wider we always say can the Warriors make the eight I feel like they're going to be somewhere eight to twelve so I'm still saying they're a chance uh, Sam what, what what do you reckon yeah I'd go seven to fifteen um, <laughs> the spread's pretty even I, honestly that the have and the have nots in um, the NRL for, this is easy with the uh, of course you know the brave predictions that come at the start of a season but if I, you look at last year compared to uh, to this year I think we'll see some movement 
But the the points differentials, the team that came sixth or seventh, the Knights, had a hundred and forty three negative points differential, and all the teams above them had hundred plus, or in the case of the Storm, almost a thousand points differential, <laughs> racing off ahead. So the teams that were below on the ladder were getting whooped on quite regular basis. So um, I see that the the real four or five top teams are there locked in and everybody else is a little bit of a lolly scramble and that could work really well uh, in the Warriors' favour. We're talking a couple of years into the COVID era now where they are used to being based in the team. Hell, half the team are Australian or being Australian-based for virtually their entire careers. Anyway, now is a settled feeling to it. Um, it's just whether this team has got the uh, the goods in certain areas to push on. And just I suppose it's that the fortitude of 26 weeks, not just the ability to be strong, but the actual uh, backing it up and, and playing on a regular basis. When they lose, losing by a bit, not getting uh, the uh, their pants pulled down. But if they do lose, not getting demoralised by it. That's the key for the Warriors to get through. Now, James, I know you've done a few stories on the Warriors. You've had the microscope above them. Uh, it always seems to be, when you're looking season long, the big thing is depth. Do the Warriors have the depth to push to the eight? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think a lot of these guys are going to be tested a lot this year, um, particularly a few of the younger guys who don't have that much NRL experience. And Reese Walsh and, and Chanel Harris-DeVita, the likes of those are included mm. in that, who definitely have the talent, definitely have the talent. But as Sam says, whether you can go 26 weeks um, and really keep at it is, is another thing. And that's probably a mentality thing rather than, than anything else if you've got the kind of the top two inches, as they say. But... Yeah, I'd have to agree with Sam as well that the the bottom eight teams are probably all going to be scrambling and it's going to be pretty tight, but the top four, again, will be will be done and dusted. And, and, yeah, it'll just be between the other teams whether they can get a good run of games to start with. I think the Warriors have got a pretty good start. They're facing teams who, who missed the eight last year. So if they can get a good few points on the board, and then I think they play the Roosters. So if they can go into that Roosters game with a good few points and not... Um, not get battered in that Roosters game, I think that'll be a good indication of where this team will be at. I'm, I'm looking for a bit of a wild card from you both, maybe a surprise package that might just pop its head up. Like everyone's saying Melbourne, Penrith, Manly, Roosters. Most people are saying Parramatta. A, a majority are also saying South. So that's sort of six. And then we get in amongst the likes of the Warriors, uh, Brisbane, Gold Coast, um, even the Bulldogs. You know, we, we, you, I'm not quite sure about them. Who's, who's one that isn't being conversed about? but sort of mid-season might be saying they're a top eight contender. James, who would you identify as, as a potential surprise packet? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to pick because of the, I guess, the divide in the competition, who's ready to make that jump. I think the Sharks have done really well in the off-season. I think Craig Fitzgibbon's a really good pick-up for them, even though he's not going to be there for the first game because of COVID um, isolations. But... Dalton Hooken is a really good pick-up for them. He's got great experience. And Nico Hines as well from the Storm, who are two really good pick-ups. So if I had to pick one to who's kind of got it on paper, it would, would probably be the Sharks at this stage. I hope you weren't going to pick the Sharks, Sam. 
they're they're battle hardened, um, and that, you know, so a lot of proven winners within their team. So Jimmy makes some fair points, but I, the team that I will be watching with the most interest, and I think has the most scope for improvement, is the Bulldogs because they've had uh, some great pickups um, along the way too. They're going to look entirely different than how they are, but there's still some just such raw players, and you're not quite sure exactly where they're going to go or how they're going to better run like Jake Everillo in the halves. He's, he's got so much to go, but they've got you know, picked up. I mentioned Ado Carr and uh, Matt Burton. A lot of guys that can be you can look at and go. They're pretty talented crew, like Tavita Pangai Jr. There's a lot of people who I I will say that can make a difference for the dogs, but they have a they have a very low scope to work from. So them, the Knights. I'm really just interested in seeing how they go the first four or five weeks of the season because uh, it'd be great to see somebody put their hand up. And if it's not me, the Warriors, I think the uh, the Bulldogs, Sharks, they they fit in that zone. Yeah, and and the thing is, we can easily run the form guide through established players and the ones you guys have been reeling off. But is there a Reese Walsh who just burst onto the scene and became a force? to be reckoned with it. It's really hard to identify which ones are going to make it. Is it more likely to come through how Reese Walsh developed, just flogged off Brisbane, turned up in the Warriors, or is it more likely that someone through the Penrith system or the Bulldogs system, the the ones with good academies and youth programs, there's probably a sleeping giant that's 20 years old that we haven't heard much about out there, James? Yeah, definitely. I think Reese Walsh was definitely a bit of an anomaly. He kind of got given the chance and he definitely took it. So those systems, the Penrith and, and maybe the Bulldogs in a few years, definitely they're the way to go if you want to kind of go for proven success. But there's always there's always a couple of players that kind of take the season by storm. And we had we had it last year with Reese and, and Walker from the Roosters. But yeah, I don't know. Probably I think we will see a couple of good guys from the Bulldogs. They seem to be moving in the right direction, but it's so hard to, to tell because you... You have to have the talent, but you have to have the, the kind of mouth to be able to take the opportunity as well. Yeah, brilliant. Sammy, um, Manly, just just in your words, because I, I am a big Manly uh, fan as well, how much is their performance influenced by Tommy Trevojevic playing or not? Massively. I mean, the, the, the stats show he is... He has the same influence on the Manly team that uh, in their heyday Andrew Johns had on the Knights and, and Thurston had with the Cowboys. Percentage-wise, when they're not there, they don't get those same results. And and uh, and the reason that uh, Trevojevic, uh, sorry, the Manly haven't, haven't gone through with some massive seasons, and we're talking uh, grand final and, and dominance uh, in recent years, is because Trevojevic picks up a, a sizable or a reasonable in- injury most years, it seems at the moment. With I mean, he, he looks all skin and bone, and it's amazing that he plays at the f- at top flight to level he does. So he is he is absolutely huge. That said, I feel there is a little more. Uh, depth through the rest of the team now um, that they're all at a, at, a, at a reasonable level without a whole lot of um, set the world on fire type players but there's, there's enough there to be excited but Travoyevich is, um, is just a, a head and shoulders player he's, he's a game changer and what you mentioned before about um, Reese Walsh one of the most pivotal things to me in rugby league three words second year syndrome it is massive you watch anyone who breaks onto the scene their ability their career is defined for me by how they handle that second season reese walsh is as using jimmy's words and normally he's, he's a phenomenon but 
he is also now known. He is on everybody's radar. Everybody's seen enough of him to see where his, where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are, how to play to him. Like, okay, should we just kick, kick when we're playing the Warriors? Should we just kick into touch? Should we take out that running game? What do we do? And, every, and he will be under a different form of pressure, uh, not to mention you know, pressure through you know, family. He's got a, a young family there. Obviously, contract talks coming up. Is he going to go to the Dolphins? Is he going to go to the Broncos? Will he stay at the Warriors? It's been discussed in pretty high places, let alone origin talk again. Uh, so it's, I, I'm really curious to see how guys like him and, and Walker from the Roosters and these guys who have had a, a good start to their career, how they back this up in the second-year syndrome. Brilliant. Sam Ackham and James Regan, we'll get you to hold on there. We want to chat a little bit to you about the Cricket World Cup that's on our shores at the moment. But just in the interim, we're going to catch up with some news with Emma. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Well, they do try. Do try. Um, James Regan and Sam Ackerman joining us on the panel today. We've thrashed out some league. I wanted to talk to you about you guys about the cricket, actually. The ICC Women's World Cup is being played in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, James, uh, is it appointment viewing for you? Uh, is it? Are you watching it? Are you enjoying it? Definitely, definitely watching and enjoying it. And I think that's because the game, or a lot of the games we've had, have been so close at the end. And the standard has been great as well. But some of the games we've seen, obviously, that New Zealand-West Indies one to start with was, was just insane. And New Zealand will be kicking themselves that they did lose that. But there's been a couple of others as well. That Aussie-England game has been really good. And the England-West Indies um, as well just recently. So they've been really tight. And I think it's, overall it's just such a shame that we can't get in there and get more fans in there because the finishes to these games would, would just be electric if there was a crowd in. But... Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I really am getting behind New Zealand as well and hoping that they're able to get a good run. And yeah, tough game uh, for them today as well. And Sam Ackerman, um, how important, well, not necessarily how important, but how impactful would it be for uh, women's sport, for the young girls that are aspiring to be top sports people in New Zealand? The fact we have a World Cup, we have the best cricketers in the world in New Zealand and New Zealand competing. Uh, let's not put the heat on them to actually win it, but to go a long, long way. How, how important is it for the New Zealand women's cricket team to go a long way in this tournament for the youth of the, of the country? Well, and I want to say this with the um, utmost respect. I'm not referring to cricket or women's cricket as a minority specifically, but it's not the most reported on, most spoken about, most followed series as like the All Blacks, um, so the Warriors, the Black Caps, that type of thing. They fight for their column inches. They fight for attention and they fight to get that sport, that level of respect and understanding throughout the country for whatever reasons. They've gone through a bit of a lull in a few years, but we know, we remember, and the reason people talk about them still, respectfully, that dates back to 2000, when they did win the World Cup, and we suddenly got this, we had these raft of incredible players. Now, we still have these players. The success hasn't been there, and I think you look at Zoe Sadowski's Senate, what someone like uh, Dame Valerie did for shot put at athletics and giving people the opportunity to get excited about um, your own sport and want to achieve. And not, Well, it's not just those same basic food groups here. We can go and do what we like. I think it's got huge potential. It's wonderful it's on these shores. And as Jimmy says, a shame we can't get people there, to, as many people there as we want to experience it along the way. But I think uh, that New Zealand losing that first game was fantastic for the tournament 
because it's given so much more emphasis and interest in what's going on now than had it just been like a, a lay down in Mazir. West Indies are adding a bit of fun. New Zealand's still in a strong position to go on. Taking on uh, India today is, is massive. So I, I, I think that the comps are in a, in a healthy spot uh, and it's important that it keeps getting um, daylight and exposure so people can get that opportunity to be inspired by our Susie Bates, our Amelia Kurz, our Amy Satterwhite, so a lot of them because uh, we've got some phenomenal athletes in the, in the team uh, and there are some wonderful ones from overseas here um, showing off their skills as well. It's not appointment viewing for me at this stage. I'm picking and choosing my games, uh, but I am enjoying what I'm saying. Uh, James Regan, working for New Sub. What what's the feedback you're getting from um, like your viewers? You, you write good stories on your websites. Is there interaction around this Women's World Cup with the stories that you're providing? Yeah, yeah, I think there has been. Especially people want to know what's happening. So our live updates, I think, have been really good. Because people are definitely interested. It's a New Zealand team on home shores competing at a World Cup. And I think you say that to people and automatically a lot of people are, are interested. So they've got some good characters in their, in their team as well. Sam mentioned a few there. and They've got good personalities and good cricketers as well who can beat anyone on their days, this team. So there has been a lot of interest. I think it will ramp up as the tournament goes on. But also, as Sam mentioned, losing that first game in the way they did certainly perked a lot of interest among people because they thought, oh, wow, we, you know, New Zealand on a shoe-in by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of good cricket to be played in this tournament. So, yeah, it, it is doing well. Um, I think the more New Zealand can go on, obviously, that'll help because people love that. But, yeah, only time will tell, I guess, and when we look back and see if this tournament's been a success or not. I want to ask both of you about the ManCAD because it's come out, I think, in the last 24 hours that um, the ICC have said it's actually you're allowed to do it. It's it's always been frowned. It's been a bit, little bit of a grey area, but they're actually saying you can ManCAD. Now Stuart Broad's come out and said, well, I'm still not going to do it. I just don't think it's in the spirit. Um, Sam Ackerman, what, what's your thoughts on the ManCAD? Personally, I quite like it. I, I quite like if it's in there. It's another component. Well, I've got. I, how many times did you threaten to do it or pretend to do it as a as a junior playing cricket? You'd see some guy waltzing at a crease. You'd go, "Come on, give me a bit, give me a bit more respect than that." I, 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 the thing. How many sports in the world say it's allowed, but it's just a bit unfair? It's either allowed or it's not. I mean, it was it was just it's insane that they that you could do it, but just pisk if you did. It's just against the spirit. It's either a rule or it's not. So I think it's no problem going what it is, and I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. I'm I'm all for it. I'm, there's way more rules changes I'm concerned about or, or I think will make a, a bigger difference you know you're not allowed to use saliva anymore saliva is now officially banned you can't lick the ball to give it a little shine and, you know making sure no one used those sugary sweets good luck enforcing that one that's going to take just as, like, generations of uh, of people getting used to it and, and name one kid who hasn't been throwing the ball at some point and just tried to be like their uh, favourite cricketer and just give it a little lick of the finger and, and shine the ball ready to pass on to the bowler that one's a big deal and you know when the ball's hit in the air now and you get caught this you, if you crossed unless it's the end of the over the new batsman comes and goes back to the uh, to the facing end. It's, it's a new rule as well. I think that's a massive one because at the tail end, when you've got the tail end of there, you know if you hoik it up and cross, you can still get the uh, the good batsman back on strike and sacrifice your wicket to get him down there. Can't do that anymore. I reckon those are bigger changes than Mancad. Yeah, that's a monster. That's a mon- I was a rampant Mancatter in indoor cricket because it was at- <laughs> you're actually encouraged to do it in there. Uh, James, uh, we're talking about the rules of cricket. I'm not a fan of um, leg buys going against the bowler because he's beaten the batsman and then they get rewarded with runs for a batsman that couldn't hit it. Um, 
are there any cricket rules that irk you? I don't know if they irk me. I, I agree with that one because that's just one of those rules. There are so many in cricket that you just look at and you go, what What on earth is going on? <laughs> at a time when sport, especially cricket and test cricket in particular, are just wrestling for eyeballs and wrestling for viewers, I think something like bringing the man cat in is, is great because it, it catches people's attention. And I think if you're a player, particularly a bowler, and you don't have a go if someone, you know, the batsman trying to trying to steal a few more inches, then that's on you. Uh, all power to the bowler, I reckon, when when the bats are as big as they are and the scores are as big as they are. But players players should get behind it as well. Just just have a go. Just why not? Uh, and it'll it'll shut a, a, shut a few people up, I reckon, if they if they uh, do it a few more times. So I'm all for it. And the big question is... Stay in your crease. Yeah. Stay in your crease. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay in your crease. I want to know... That's what my coach used to say to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to know, who's going to be the first polar to try it? Because I'm going and saying Neil Wagner. Yeah. Yeah, Wags isn't a bad shout. I think after, even though he's said it, I, I wouldn't put it past you at Broad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the um, double you know, bluff. Given, given history, I, I reckon that's exactly what he's done. He's gone for the bluff because now the batsman knows Broad is not going to have a go here and then he, he's going to do it. So I'd, I'd go with Stuart Broad, actually, even though he said it. What about you, Sam? Anyone in Canary Yellow. <laughs> I love that Hey boys we've got a scoot Thanks so much for joining us today on the Dilma uh, What was it we, The expertise panel uh, Sam Ackerman, James Regan, lovely to have you here chaps See you mate Thanks, Good time, yeah. There they are Sam and James really appreciate their time we'll... It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale To kick things off you can get the power to buy three And get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last Visit typower.com.au now